Colossians chapter 3 to show the spiritual nature of work. It tells us in verse 22, servants obey. Now he's talking to the employed. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. And we know what that means. As men pleasers, which means doing things in their face just to try to please them. It says, but in a singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. And whatsoever you do, do it, that's where you are walking, in the marketplace. Do it heartily from your heart unto the Lord and not unto men. In other words, that work you are offering is unto the Lord and not unto men. That you are actually employed by the Lord in that thing that you are doing. You are directly in the service of God in what you are doing with your hands. He says, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he says serve. And he didn't qualify this service. In other words, I that I'm a preacher and I'm preaching this message Sunday morning, I'm at least by the grace of God attempting to serve God. And the person who is listening, who is going out to work in a bank or in a law firm, as a janitor, as a carpenter, as a security person, selling goods and products, in the marketplace is also directly involved in the service of God. And people that treat what they are doing in the marketplace as honor to the Lord. You know, I was studying about the Protestant theology concerning the spirit of capitalism. And they said those who go to work, when they unfolded the theology, those who go to work every day, with a mindset that what they are doing is unto the Lord and it's a sacred service that they are involved in, are most likely going to generate wealth in what they are doing. Now, it tells us, all right, so it's not like, you know, I'm nine to five or, you know, somebody employed me. Yes, some human being employed you, but you are doing it unto the Lord. Now, once we understand this, and he says, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive, he said, the reward of the inheritance. In other words, what he's saying that if you do this as unto the Lord, what will happen is much deeper than any salary that you are earning there. What is going to happen is your eternal inheritance, that which God has apportioned honor to you in Christ Jesus shall unfold right before your eyes in the process of time an opportunity will be granted unto you. God will pay you back for the quality of service you have rendered there because you have done it from your heart. Now, I don't go fully into this. But remember the words of Jesus. He said, he that is faithful with the unrighteous mammon in the things that belong to another man, that man shall be given his own thing 
with the true riches that come from heaven. What's the true riches? The true riches go beyond just monetary things. The true riches there is that God gives you knowledge and wisdom. Things that were kept secret from ages and generation past. He opens up your eyes to see those things. And those things now constitute your inheritance upon this earth. And it even is rewarded also in eternity. Now knowing this also, it tells us that, But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons with God. You know, someone told me this, and I smiled. He said to me, he said, you know, this COVID-19, and uh, because people cannot, you know, go to church the way they usually would go to church, many people who are serving God have been rendered, put in a position where they can no longer serve God. I, I mean, I read this on the internet. It was somebody who was discussing this and was talking about the concept of service. And I just thought about it, that it's because we have taken the whole concept of service and put it within the temple, and we have not clarified unto people that, listen, the most of the time you spend on this earth will be preparation to get into the workforce, the acquisition of skill or education to make you a productive human being, and then the greater majority of the time you will spend on this earth, time, you will spend it on your job working. How then can we now isolate all of those hours from the direct service of God and talk about what we just do momentarily to be God's service? So we've got to bring this concept here that a person understands that listen, I am employed by God in that which I am doing. So that person goes about their work with a level of discipline and efficiency for there are seven things that characterize a solid work ethic. Integrity there, all right? Professionalism in that which you're doing. Your ability, all right, to come into a place and not to become somebody who who, who you, know, you know, when the scripture says to Adam, it says, thorns and thistles shall the ground bring unto thee. Thorns and thistles are people that oppose, that, um, that are difficult, all right, that will contradict you. Just like what happened to Isaac. He, he, he dug a well, his father's well, and they strove over that well. So it was um, thorns and thistles, and he removed himself from that until he got to a place where he said, God has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Which means there are principles in, all right, the scriptures there, that is, there's a certain type of environment that has to be created uh, for wealth to be generated. And one of those things is that the people must dwell together in unity. They must come together and align their hearts together, every single person within that place. So one of the pillars of the Protestant work ethic is that you don't enter into a place to go and cause confusion, to go and cause division, to, to lower the morale of the people. So uh, you can be highly talented, all right? But if you will, if you will be 
be difficult to work with. And what you are largely going to do is to demoralize the workforce that is present in that place. Uh, uh, because of your attitude, then it will be in the best interest of the people uh, that have employed you to ask you to step aside. Uh, because that's thorns and thistles. The Bible says that you know men by their fruits. It says you don't gather figs from thorns and all of that. So it talks about thorns and thistles are kind of people that, that surrounded. God says to Adam, you'll be surrounded by people who will love you with their lips but hate you inside their heart. And once you're surrounded with those kinds of people who are not truly helpers within your life, it is going to be in the sweat of your face shall you eat bread. Now, in this series, we're going to unravel these things, okay, and go back to the root of these particular things and teach it. Uh, because I, I personally believe that, uh, you know, the issue of wealth creation, prosperity message skewed a bit. It actually comes out of productive labor, that which you are doing with your hands, as regards the Holy Spirit supplying you with ideas. So, it tells us, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of your eternal inheritance. What does this mean? All right, we'll go to Psalm 123 when we talk about this. If you just read Psalm 123, it says in verse 1. Now, you just listen to what David said here. He said, unto thee lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. That's God. Behold, as the eyes of servants. So he said, I lift my eyes unto you. Remember, we have said, when you are working, you are rendering service unto the Lord. And from him, it says this, you shall receive the eternal reward. From him directly, your eternal inheritance in the place where you are laboring. Okay? And this eternal inheritance will come as a result of, or it will appear as some massive opportunity that might be presented to you in that particular place where you are, that opens up the door to you as a person and takes you into another level. And that's how God wants uh, things to begin to happen within our lives. So it says here, Unto thee will I lift my eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. This is an economic scripture. For he says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon thee, O Lord, until you have mercy upon us. All right, look at what he says here. It says, as the hand of servants, which means people are serving. And so they look to their masters. And that's what the hand of their masters uh, for, for payment. And so every single thing they do, they do it. That's what we call eye service. Just to manipulate the mind of the master. So that, and that's where you have politics in the workplace. So that they can be rewarded. Uh, it talks about the maiden there her mistress. But he says, while we are at work, we will not do anything to damage the profit of our master, unquote, to damage anything that is going on in that place. But we will contribute every single thing that we have in our beings for the progress of that particular place, knowing that 
the true reward for our service will not come out of the hands of any man, but it will come by God showing us mercy in that which we are doing. And when this mercy of God visits us in that particular place, so it's not even really the, the, the kind of work that you are doing today, but the way in which you are doing it. It's not the kind of work. And many people don't get into the labor force because they are saying the kind of work that they are offering them is belittling. And so they've taken work not as a spiritual thing, but as a for social status. That's not the way work is. California there in America became probably like what she was described at one point as the most powerful woman in the world of business. All right? And then later on, she was second to Oprah Winfrey. She said she started out, said, people make this mistake. When people think about, she said this, about earnings. She, she ran um, Howard Packard, that, um, the printing stuff that used to produce printers. And she, she was CEO at one point, right? And she said she started out as a front desk lady, who what will tell a receptionist. And then after some time, the way and manner she went about her work, her bosses had to call her that with this attitude you have shown, with the degree of intelligence you've brought into this, we believe that you can handle more responsibilities. And then they began to open up their business and teach her what they were doing. And then she began to contribute with that same talent. Now, but she allowed herself a foot in through the door to get into that place so that she could, from her heart, render service such that the mercy of God could come upon what she was doing. Even if it was cleaning this table every morning, if I do it in a certain way, as unto the Lord, the mercy of God will come upon me in this as my reward. And that mercy, when it comes on me, what is going to happen is that it's going to produce something in my life that everybody is going to see. From what we have seen in the life of this person, this life, it is not of him that runneth or of him that willeth, but it is of God that showeth mercy. How in this world will somebody who was cleaning tables five years ago be at this particular position in life today? That's what is called mercy. But that mercy has come as a tangible substance because that individual looked up to God as their own rewarder and therefore even when people were not watching and nobody was seeing, they were rendering service in a particular way that caused the heavens to be opened up over what they were doing. Now, this is the system of labor that we get ourselves in. Now, if we look at all right, Colossians here. Uh, now look at this here. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 1. So he continues and says, now he says, servants behave that way. 
But then he says, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that you have a master in heaven. Now, that's his business, not my business. If he doesn't give me that which is just and equal, it is his business between him and God. My business is that I will render service and God will reward me, period. I am not looking at the 50,000, 500,000, or 5 million you're giving me. I'm looking at the hand of God that in the process of time, will that invisible hand will rest upon me in that which I'm doing. And something mysterious is going to happen at this particular place that will be my own eternal inheritance that I have received from the Lord. Now, so what happens many a times is this. Uh, and this is where I even thought I will start. But I got so much into that. Next week, I'll will, I will continue with that in, in much detail there. Uh, because a lot of people, a whole lot of people, Proverbs chapter 5, chapter 5 and verse 8. All right, of, let me say this. Here, verse 7. Hear now, therefore, my children, depart not from the words of my mouth. And who is speaking? Wisdom. He says, remove thy way far from her, come not near the door of her house, lest thy give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel. And strangers be filled with thy labors, with thy wealth rather, and thy labor be in the house of a stranger. That means the reward of what you do at the end of the day is in the house of some stranger somewhere. And it says, and thou mourn at the last. To mourn means to be in regret. When thy flesh and thy body are consumed, and you look back and say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof? Many people today do shoddy jobs because they don't understand the spirituality of work and the fact that your vocational calling is as sacred unto God as somebody who is preaching the gospel. It is a holy and sacred thing unto Jesus. Except you want to say that that word serving the Lord Jesus is different from what? All right? The word service used somewhere else. Now, once we can bring this mindset into people, because into people, and people's minds can be renewed to see that when I go out every day, I'm involved in the service of God. And when I am a good steward of that which God has committed in my hands, though my beginning may be small, my latter end will greatly increase. And in this series, we want to go through the elements that must be whether you're an owner of a business and it says masters you should reward now that's your own side you can't as a master say god is the one going to reward people so i'm not going to do what i'm supposed to do 
All right? You've got to do what is just and you've got to do what is equal. Now, what is just may not even be monetary benefits. Okay? It could be things that will even add so much value to that person and the opportunities that are created for that individual in that place. It doesn't have to be monetary. But opportunities that are created, it could even be exposure to certain trainings that when that person, after five years of working there, they may not have as much cash as somebody else, but in terms of skill set, in terms of relationship built, so it is more complex than just money. Far more complex than just money. The economic system of God is far deeper than just monetary reward. So someone says, well, you know, I may walk and there might be injustice. And one of the places where you're going to experience injustice, so to speak, and this happens because you, you place your eyes on people. And, and you looked at people as the source of every single thing. But if your eyes are on God, then you understand that, that God is going to reward me. And therefore, you are daily praying for his manifestation of his mercy. As you put in the unit and measure of quality work that you are supposed to do every single day. Now, I just want to say something here. And this addresses if you have put in real work into a place and you believe you have not been rewarded by men in the way and manner in which you ought to. Now, the Bible and many people get bitter at that and they are angry at that. And the reason why they are angry and bitter is really they have looked, I, I know this can be difficult, but they've looked to the hands of somebody to reward them, and they believe that person has not rewarded them, whether it is real or perceived injustice. Because I have said that there are other rewards outside money. So the person may have given you opportunities that you blew. You had opportunities to meet people that you didn't really understand for one of the things that calvin said the great protestant theologian that he said every person that walks into your life that you meet at the point of your duty where you are working with your hands honor that person for there is no connection that comes that doesn't have divine purpose in it thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.
Colossians chapter 3 to show the spiritual nature of work. It tells us in verse 22, servants obey. Now he's talking to the employed. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. And we know what that means. As men pleasers, which means doing things in their face just to try to please them. It says, but in a singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. And whatsoever you do, do it, that's where you are walking, in the marketplace. Do it heartily from your heart unto the Lord and not unto men. In other words, that work you are offering is unto the Lord and not unto men that you are actually employed by the Lord in that thing that you are doing. You are directly in the service of God in what you are doing with your hands. He says, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he says serve. Uh, he didn't qualify this service. In other words, I, that I'm a preacher, and I'm preaching this message Sunday morning, I'm at least, by the grace of God, attempting to serve God. And the person who is listening, who is going out to work in a bank or in a law firm, as a janitor, as a carpenter, as a security person, selling goods and products in the marketplace, is also directly involved in the service of God. And people that treat what they are doing in the marketplace as honor to the Lord. You know, I was studying about the Protestant theology concerning the spirit of capitalism. And they said those who go to work, when they unfolded the theology, those who go to work every day with a mindset that what they are doing is unto the Lord and it's a sacred service that they are involved in are most likely going to generate wealth in what they are doing. Now it tells us, all right, so it's not like, you know, I'm nine to five or, you know, somebody employed me. Yes, some human being employed you, but you are doing it unto the Lord. Now once we understand this, and he says, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive, he said, the reward of the inheritance. In other words, what he's saying that if you do this as unto the Lord, what will happen is much deeper than any salary that you are earning there. What is going to happen is your eternal inheritance, that which God has apportioned honor to you in Christ Jesus shall unfold right before your eyes in the process of time an opportunity will be granted unto you. God will pay you back for the quality of service you have rendered there because you have done it from your heart. Now, I don't go fully into this. But remember the words of Jesus. He said, He that is faithful with the unrighteous mammon in the things that belong to another man, that man shall be given his own thing 
with the true riches that come from heaven. What's the true riches? The true riches go beyond just monetary things. The true riches there is that God gives you knowledge and wisdom. Things that were kept secret from ages and generation past. He opens up your eyes to see those things. And those things now constitute your inheritance upon this earth. And it even is rewarded also in eternity. Now knowing this also, it tells us that... But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he had done. And there is no respect of persons with God. You know, someone told me this and I smiled. He said to me, he said, you know, this COVID-19 and uh, because people cannot, you know, go to church the way they usually would go to church, many people who are serving God have been rendered, put in a position where they can no longer serve God. I, I mean, I read this on the internet. It was somebody who was discussing this and was talking about the concept of service. And I just thought about it. That it's because we have taken the whole concept of service and put it within the temple and we have not clarified unto people that, listen, the most of the time you spend on this earth will be preparation to get into the workforce, the acquisition of skill or education to make you a productive human being, and then the greater majority of the time you will spend on this earth, time you will spend it on your job working. How then can we now isolate all of those hours from the direct service of God and talk about what we just do momentarily to be God's service. So we've got to bring this concept here. That a person understands that, listen, I am employed by God in that which I am doing. So that person goes about their work with a level of discipline and efficiency. For there are seven things that characterize a solid work ethic. Integrity there. All right, professionalism in that which you're doing. Your ability, all right, to come into a place and not to become somebody who, who, who you, know, you know, when the scripture says to Adam, it says, thorns and thistles shall the ground bring unto thee. Thorns and thistles are people that oppose, that are, that are difficult, all right, that will contradict you. Just like what happened to Isaac. He, he, he dug a well, his father's well, and they strove over that well. So it was um, thorns and thistles, and he removed himself from that until he got to a place where he said, God has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land, which means there are principles in, all right, the scriptures there, that is, there's a certain type of environment that has to be created uh, for wealth to be generated. And one of those things is that the people must dwell together in unity. They must come together and align their hearts together, every single person within that place. So one of the pillars of the protestant work ethic is that you don't enter into a place to go and cause confusion, to go and cause division, to, to lower the morale of the people. So uh, you can be highly talented, all right? But if you will, if you will be 
be difficult to work with. And what you are largely going to do is to demoralize the workforce that is present in that place. Uh, uh, because of your attitude, then it will be in the best interest of the people uh, that have employed you to ask you to step aside. Uh, because that's thorns and thistles. The Bible says that you know men by their fruits. It says you don't gather figs from thorns and all of that. So it talks about thorns and thistles are kind of people that, that surrounded. God says to Adam, you'll be surrounded by people who will love you with their lips but hate you inside their heart. And once you're surrounded with those kinds of people who are not truly helpers within your life, it is going to be in the sweat of your face shall you eat bread. Now, in this series, we're going to unravel these things, okay, and go back to the root of these particular things and teach it. Uh, because I, I personally believe that, uh, you know, the issue of wealth creation, prosperity message skewed a bit. It actually comes out of productive labor, that which you are doing with your hands, as regards the Holy Spirit supplying you with ideas. So, it tells us, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of your eternal inheritance. What does this mean? All right, we'll go to Psalm 123 when we talk about this. If you just read Psalm 123, it says in verse 1. Now, you just listen to what David said here. He said, Unto thee lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. That's God. Behold, as the eyes of servants. So he said, I lift my eyes unto you. Remember, we have said, when you are working, you are rendering service unto the Lord. And from him, it says this, you shall receive the eternal reward. From him directly, your eternal inheritance in the place where you are laboring. Okay? And this eternal inheritance will come as a result of, or it will appear as some massive opportunity that might be presented to you in that particular place where you are, that opens up the door to you as a person and takes you into another level. And that's how God wants uh, things to begin to happen within our lives. So it says here, Unto thee will I lift my eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. This is an economic scripture. For he says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon thee, O Lord, until you have mercy upon us. All right, look at what he says here. He says, as the hand of servants, which means people are serving, and so they look to their masters, and that's what the hand of their masters, uh, for, for payment. And so, every single thing they do, they do it, that's what we call eye service, just to manipulate the mind of the master, so that, and that's where you have politics in the workplace, so that they can be rewarded. Uh, it talks about the maiden there, her mistress, but it says, while we are at work, we will not do anything to damage the profit of our master, in quote, to damage anything that is going on in that place. But we will contribute every single thing that we have in our beings for the progress of that particular place. Knowing that 
the true reward for our service will not come out of the hands of any man. But it will come by God showing us mercy in that which we are doing. And when this mercy of God visits us in that particular place, so it's not even really the, the, the kind of work that you are doing today, but the way in which you are doing it. It's not the kind of work. And many people don't get into the labor force because they are saying the kind of work that they are offering them is belittling. And so they've taken work not as a spiritual thing, but as a for social status. That's not the way work is. California there in America became probably what she was described at one point as the most powerful woman in the world of business. All right? And then later on, she was second to Oprah Winfrey. She said she started out, said, people make this mistake. When people think about, she said this, about earnings. She, she ran um, Howard Packard, that, um, the printing stuff that used to produce printers. And she, she was CEO at one point, right? And she said she started out as a front desk lady, who what will tell a receptionist. And then after some time, the way and manner she went about her work, her bosses had to call her that with this attitude you have shown, with the degree of intelligence you've brought into this, we believe that you can handle more responsibilities. And then they began to open up their business and teach her what they were doing. And then she began to contribute with that same talent. Now, but she allowed herself a foot in through the door to get into that place so that she could from her heart render service such that the mercy of God could come upon what she was doing. Even if it was cleaning this table every morning, if I do it in a certain way, as unto the Lord, the mercy of God will come upon me in this as my reward. And that mercy, when it comes on me, what is going to happen is that it's going to produce something in my life that everybody is going to see. From what we have seen in the life of this person, this life, it is not of him that runneth or of him that willeth, but it is of God that showeth mercy. How in this world will somebody who was cleaning tables five years ago be at this particular position in life today? That's what is called mercy. But that mercy has come as a tangible substance because that individual looked up to God as their own rewarder and therefore even when people were not watching and nobody was seeing, they were rendering service in a particular way that caused the heavens to be opened up over what they were doing. Now, this is the system of labor that we get ourselves in. Now, if we look at all right, Colossians here. Uh, now look at this here. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 1. So he continues and says, now he says, servants behave that way. 
But then it says, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that you have a master in heaven. Now, that's his business, not my business. If he doesn't give me that which is just and equal, it is his business between him and God. My business is that I will render service and God will reward me, period. I am not looking at the 50,000, 500,000, or 5 million you're giving me. I'm looking at the hand of God that in the process of time, will, that invisible hand, will rest upon me in that which I'm doing. And something mysterious is going to happen at this particular place that will be my own eternal inheritance that I have received from the Lord. Now, so what happens many a times is this. Uh, and this is where I even thought I will start. But I got so much into that. Next week, I will, I will continue with that in, in much detail there. Uh, because a lot of people, a whole lot of people, Proverbs chapter 5, chapter 5 and verse 8. All right, of, let me say this. Here, verse 7. Hear now, therefore, my children, depart not from the words of my mouth. And who is speaking? Wisdom. He says, remove thy way far from her, come not near the door of her house, lest thy give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel. And strangers be filled with thy labors, with thy wealth rather, and thy labor be in the house of a stranger. That means the reward of what you do at the end of the day is in the house of some stranger somewhere. And it says, and thou mourn at the last. To mourn means to be in regret. When thy flesh and thy body are consumed, and you look back and say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof. Many people today do shoddy jobs. Because they don't understand the spirituality of work. And the fact that your vocational calling is as sacred unto God as somebody who is preaching the gospel. It is a holy and sacred thing unto Jesus. Except you want to say that that word serving the Lord Jesus is different from what? All right? The word service used somewhere else. Now, once we can bring this mindset into people, because into people, and people's minds can be renewed to see that when I go out every day, I'm involved in the service of God. And when I am a good steward of that which God has committed in my hands, Though my beginning may be small, my latter end will greatly increase. And in this series, we want to go through the elements that must be, whether you are an owner of a business, and it says, Masters, you should reward. Now, that's your own side. You can't, as a master, say God is the one going to reward people. So I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. 
All right? You've got to do what is just and you've got to do what is equal. Now, what is just may not even be monetary benefits. Okay? It could be things that will even add so much value to that person and the opportunities that are created for that individual in that place. It doesn't have to be monetary. But opportunities that are created. It could even be exposure to certain trainings that when that person, after five years of working there, they may not have as much cash as somebody else, but in terms of skill set, in terms of relationship built. So it is more complex than just money. Far more complex than just money. The economic system of God is far deeper than just monetary reward. So someone says, well, you know, I may walk and there might be injustice. And one of the places where you're going to experience injustice, so to speak, and this happens because you, you place your eyes on people. And, and you looked at people as the source of every single thing. But if your eyes are on God, then you understand that, that God is going to reward me. And therefore, you are daily praying for his manifestation of his mercy. As you put in the unit and measure of quality work that you are supposed to do every single day. Now, I just want to say something here. And this addresses if you have put in real work into a place and you believe you have not been rewarded by men in the way and manner in which you ought to. Now, the Bible and many people get bitter at that and they are angry at that. And the reason why they are angry and bitter is really they have looked, I, I know this can be difficult, but they've looked to the hands of somebody to reward them and they believe that person has not rewarded them, whether it is real or perceived injustice. Because I have said that there are other rewards outside money. So the person may have given you opportunities that you blew. You had opportunities to meet people that you didn't really understand. For one of the things that Calvin said, the great Protestant theologian, that he said every person that walks into your life that you meet at the point of your duty where you are working with your hands, honor that person. For there is no connection that comes that doesn't have divine purpose in it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.
Good morning and welcome to church. This is the Covenant Nation. My name is Soji Akinyale and it's such an honor to be with you virtually wherever you're watching us from all over the world. I'd like to invite you uh, to please uh, share this link with any of your family or friends that you believe should be with us at this service just before I turn you over to our senior pastor, Pastor Pojoyomade, for the word. I'll also ask that you please put away all distractions so that you are fully focused on the word and that the ministration that comes today will bless you and impact your life. I'll turn you over now to our senior pastor, Pastor Pojoyomade. See you after the service. Welcome this morning to the service. Uh, let's just say a word of prayer before we go into the message. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you that we can gather and honor your name this way. We ask in the name of Jesus that as we go into this word, that his name will be glorified. That you grant unto me utterance, that I minister as your oracle with the ability that your spirit supplies. That your word goes forth into our hearts. We're quickened by the Spirit of God, and light shines upon our path. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, let me thank you uh, for allowing us into your private space this morning that we can minister God's word to you. It's always an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to be able to uh, minister God's word to his people. Um, today, I want to continue on the subject of uh, justice and judgment, but I want to get into something very significant. And this deals with how um, God's judgment and principles of justice unravel in uh, the work of our hands or through the work of our hands. How if we understand these principles and commit ourselves to them, then it is very likely that as we go about our business and go into our career, that we will be able to generate sustainable wealth through the work of our hands. They are fundamental principles to the creation of wealth, and it stems out of productive labor that is executed in an atmosphere of justice. Let me say that again. The creation of wealth is part and parcel of God's plan. It was a suggestion that God made. It has been always in scripture as one of the promises God made to Abraham. It is just that modern theology sometimes, right, has skewed it to make it look like wealth is a product of magic or miracles. It's a product of um, labor, which you do with your hands, and that's productive labor. Now, the miraculous element there is that the spirit of God that dwells on the inside of you supplies the thoughts, supplies the ideas that will give birth to a product or service which when delivered upon the earth has high commercial value. The reason being what you have put on the table and the service you have rendered or the product you've brought forth has brought great value into the lives of people. In exchange for that, they are willing to part with material substance in order to be beneficiaries of that product or service. And the reason why, all right, they're doing that is because of the benefit, but they do it with a sense of them gaining by that exchange and not experiencing any form of loss. Now, when it comes to practice of injustice, 
um, I believe that the labor people have rendered that has gone unrewarded or has been abused by other people. Where people, as the scripture says, your labor is found in the house of a stranger. And it says the cruel have consumed your wealth. If there will be great dissatisfaction in the hearts of people on the earth today, you will find several people who have invested quality work into this life. And when they look around, it feels like the entire system is an unjust system where they have not right, received the real wages for that which they have put and the contributions that they have made. Now, the issue of labor is actually, that's what you do with your hands, your career, your business, what you're engaged in, is a very spiritual thing. Uh, one of the other mistakes we've made is to turn sacred things only to be things that we do within the four walls of the church. And anything that is done in the marketplace, we have considered those things to be secular. In other words, a person believes that I'm only serving God when I'm carrying out certain activities in a church. That's just partially true. There is a direct service you render unto God, to which God is indebted towards you when you carry out your service in that particular way, and you conduct your business and affairs in the marketplace in a certain way. God has a covenant with man to repay man. Now, if work wasn't so spiritual, why was it that when man fell, the first thing that came out of the lips of God in terms of the consequence of the entrance of sin was to tell Adam that the ground is now cursed for thy sake. And he said, it shall no longer yield its strength unto thee. In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread. Which means the first thing that it really affected was productivity, well, the experiences people had going to work. Work was no longer going to be a pleasurable thing. It was going to be a difficult experience. There would be lack of cooperation from creation as man went out to try to execute those things that he had on the inside of him. So work is a very spiritual thing. All right. And as we begin to get into it, in fact, this series, I want to talk about how the Protestant work ethic became the bedrock well, that's the protestant theology their work ethic work ethic became the bedrock of creation of wealth that we find in the world today and now it doesn't mean everything came from it i said was the bedrock and foundation in many cases we've skewed away from it where people no longer practice things like integrity the dignity of labor understanding that the products, the services, the things that you do is an offering and a sign of worship unto God that when you deliver excellent or you deliver excellence in the things that you are doing, the first person that whose heart is satisfied by that work that you have carried out is God first, even before the people that are beneficiaries of that particular thing and subject them. I mean, if we look at Colossians, let me just show you what we're saying quickly. Colossians and chapter 4. Now, I have a lot to say. Colossians and chapter 4 and, and verse, um, I'll, I'll pick up next week because there's no way we'll be able to 
go through everything. Colossians chapter 4, or sorry, chapter 3, and verse 22. Now, showing the spiritual nature of work and the fact that the way and manner you walk is direct service unto God in heaven. Direct service. It is a sacred thing before God. It is something that is holy unto him. I mean, if we look at before the law came, it was the law that actually changed uh, to a very large degree the definition of service unto God. And we took service from the workplace, from the marketplace rather, and took it into solely into the temple of God when the Levitical priesthood was created. But we had people like Abraham who served God. We had people like Enoch who served God. We had people like um, Jacob, like Isaac that served God. And all these people that served God, served God, all right, before the law came. And the areas in which we see, and these were the patriarchs. And if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and see the list of the people that operated in faith in a way that was pleasing unto God, you will find a good number of them did this particular thing pre the age of the law which means before the law was instituted by Moses, these people walked with God and served God. Now, if there was no temple, all right, and no place where they went physically to serve God, what was that service that they were rendering? What they did was that they built an altar unto God in the place where they were laboring. And the manner in which they treated even people that walked with them was an act of service unto God. The kind and quality of work that they did was an act of service unto God. And wealth was generated from those things because of the productivity. And every single person around, if they had seen the wealth that was in their houses and the product and the services that they rendered on the streets, everybody would have said justice and equity is being served by the wealth that these people have inside their houses. Now, Colossians chapter 3, to show the spiritual nature of work, it tells us in verse 22, servants obey, now he's talking to the employed, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, and we know what that means, as men pleasers, which means doing things in their face just to try to please them. It says, but in a singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. And whatsoever you do, do it, that's where you are walking, in the marketplace. Do it heartily from your heart unto the Lord and not unto men. In other words, that work you are offering is unto the Lord and not unto men that you are actually employed by the Lord in that thing that you are doing. You are directly in the service of God in what you are doing with your hands. He says, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he says serve. And he didn't qualify this service. In other words, I, that I'm a preacher, and I'm preaching this message Sunday morning, I'm at least, by the grace of God, attempting to serve God. And the person who is listening, who is going out to work in a bank or in a law firm, as a janitor, as a carpenter, 
as a security person, selling goods and products in the marketplace, is also directly involved in the service of God. And people that treat what they are doing in the marketplace as honor to the Lord. You know, I was studying about the Protestant theology concerning the spirit of capitalism. And they said those who go to work, when they unfolded the theology, those who go to work every day with a mindset that what they are doing is unto the Lord and it's a sacred service that they are involved in, are most likely going to generate wealth in what they are doing. Now, it tells us, all right, so it's not like, you know, I'm nine to five or, you know, somebody employed me. Yes, some human being employed you, but you are doing it unto the Lord. Now, once we understand this, and he says, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive, he said, the reward of the inheritance. In other words, what he's saying that if you do this as unto the Lord, what will happen is much deeper than any salary that you are earning there. What is going to happen is your eternal inheritance, that which God has apportioned honor to you in Christ Jesus, shall unfold right before your eyes in the process of time, an opportunity will be granted unto you. God will pay you back for the quality of service you have rendered there because you have done it from your heart. Now, I don't go fully into this, but remember the words of Jesus. He said, he that is faithful with the unrighteous mammon in the things that belong to another man, that man shall be given his own thing with the true riches that come from heaven. What's the true riches? The true riches go beyond just monetary things. The true riches there is that God gives you knowledge and wisdom. Things that were kept secret from ages and generation past. He opens up your eyes to see those things. And those things now constitute your inheritance upon this earth. And it even is rewarded also in eternity. Now knowing this also, it tells us that, But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons with God. You know, someone told me this, and I smiled. He said to me, he said, you know, this COVID-19, and uh, because people cannot, you know, go to church the way they usually would go to church, many people who are serving God have been rendered, put in a position where they can no longer serve God. I, I mean, I read this on the internet. It was somebody who was discussing this and was talking about the concept of service. And I just thought about it, that it's because we have taken the whole concept of service and put it within the temple, and we have not clarified unto people that, listen, the most of the time you spend on this earth will be preparation to get into the workforce, the acquisition of skill, 
or education to make you a productive human being, and then the greater majority of the time you will spend on this earth, time, you will spend it on your job working. How then can we now isolate all of those hours from the direct service of God and talk about what we just do momentarily to be God's service? So we've got to bring this concept here, that a person understands that, listen, I am employed by God in that which I am doing, so that person goes about their work with a level of discipline and efficiency for there are seven things that characterize a solid work ethic. Integrity there, all right? Professionalism in that which you're doing. Your ability, all right, to come into a place and not to become somebody who, who, who you, know, you know, when the scripture says to Adam, it says, thorns and thistles shall the ground bring unto thee. Thorns and thistles are people that oppose, that, um, that are difficult, all right, that will contradict you. Just like what happened to Isaac. He, he, he dug a well, his father's well, and they strove over that well. So it was uh, um, thorns and thistles, and he removed himself from that until he got to a place where he said, God has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land, which means there are principles in, all right, the scriptures there, that is, there's a certain type of environment that has to be created uh, for wealth to be generated. And one of those things is that the people must dwell together in unity. They must come together and align their hearts together, every single person within that place. So one of the pillars of the protestant work ethic is that you don't enter into a place to go and cause confusion, to go and cause division, to to lower the morale of the people so uh, you can be highly talented all right but if you will if you will be be difficult to work with and what you are largely going to do is to demoralize the workforce that is present in that place uh, uh, because of your attitude then it will be in the best interest of the people uh, that have employed you to ask you to step aside uh, because that's thorns and thistles. The Bible says that you know men by their fruits. It says you don't gather figs from thorns and all of that. So it talks about thorns and thistles are kind of people that, that surrounded. God says to Adam, you'll be surrounded by people who will love you with their lips but hate you inside their heart. And once you're surrounded with those kinds of people who are not truly helpers within your life, it is going to be in the sweat of your face shall you eat bread. Now, in this series, we're going to unravel these things, okay, and go back to the root of these particular things and teach it. Uh, because I, I personally believe that, uh, you know, the issue of wealth creation, prosperity message skewed a bit. It actually comes out of productive labor, that which you are doing with your hands, as regards the Holy Spirit supplying you with ideas. So it tells us, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of your eternal inheritance. What does this mean? All right, we'll go to Psalm 123 when we talk about this. If you just read Psalm 123, it says in verse 1. Now you just listen to what David said here. He said, unto thee lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. That's God. 
Behold, as the eyes of servants. So he said, I lift my eyes unto you. Remember, we have said, when you are walking, you are rendering service unto the Lord. And from him, it says this, you shall receive the eternal reward. From him directly. Your eternal inheritance in the place where you are laboring. Okay? And this eternal inheritance will come as a result of, or it will appear as some massive opportunity that might be presented to you in that particular place where you are, that opens up the door to you as a person and takes you into another level. And that's how God wants uh, things to begin to happen within our lives. So it says here, Unto thee will I lift my eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. This is an economic scripture. For he says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon thee, O Lord, until you have mercy upon us. All right, look at what he says here. He says, As the hand of servants, which means people are serving, and so they look to their masters, and that's what the hand of their masters uh, for, for payment. And so, every single thing they do, they do it, that's what we call eye service, just to manipulate the mind of the master, so that, and that's where you have politics in the workplace, so that they can be rewarded. Uh, it talks about the maiden there, her mistress, but it says, while we are at work, we will not do anything to damage the profit of our master, unquote, to damage anything that is going on in that place. But we will contribute every single thing that we have in our beings for the progress of that particular place. Knowing that the true reward for our service will not come out of the hands of any man but it will come by God showing us mercy in that which we're doing thank you for listening to today's podcast to listen to the full message or any other message please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org for any inquiries please call 0818 600 0082 God bless you